When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ronnie, I got to give you a lot of credit because I'm pretty sure you came up with this after various variations that we came through. But keep in mind, we're a food company at the end of the day. So we called it the TASTE program. And, and I'm this is going to be really embarrassing because I'm going to blank on what the acronym of TASTE is right now. But it's Trust, Accountability. Ronnie, help me out here. For <laughs> Trust, Accountability, Support, Togetherness. Where does creativity fit into compliance? In more places than you think. Problem solving, accountability, communication, and connection. They all take creativity. Join your hosts, Tom Fox and Ronnie Feldman on Creativity and Compliance, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This is Tom Fox. In this episode, Ronnie and I welcome David Mendel, who is legal counsel at Yum Food Brands. And we talk about his rebranding efforts, which Ronnie and his creative team at Learnings and Entertainment helped him with. Quick word from our sponsor, and we'll be back with Creativity in Compliance. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. And you will notice that not only is Ronnie Feldman here, but we have David Mendel. David is here to join us to talk about some of the changes and work he did with to his ENC program and work he did with Ronnie. So, David, could you tell us a little bit about your professional background, your current role, and then the company you work for and your ENC? Sure. Sure, Tom. I'm an attorney by trade. I graduated from law school uh I have my 15th anniversary reunion this year, actually, which is scary in a lot of ways, but that's been my career. I started in a regulatory, I was with the law firm called Brooks and Gray, and we did, I was in the government enforcement practice group. And then I joined Yum Brands almost nine years ago now, initially just to run their FCPA program and build out an anti-corruption program. And have since moved into a much broader compliance role, and I now am the VP of compliance and associate general counsel for Yum. And if you're not familiar with Yum, we are the you're probably familiar with our brands. We're the parent company of KFC, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, and the Habit Burger Room. We like to feed people and good food, good tasty food. Awesome. So over to you, Ronnie. Yeah, and just real quick, because I want to talk about a specific project. That, but tell me about your the maturity of your program, your compliance program, particularly in terms of training communications. Where would you guys say you're at? Yeah, sure. So when I joined Yum, I mean, they, they already did have a training and compliance program in place, I think, as most big companies did. But when I took it over, I looked for ways that we could take it to the next level and how can we make our training more interesting and more engaging with our audience and go from not that we were doing, we were, and frankly, I have a fantastic team and we weren't doing just off the shelf stuff to begin with, but it was much more traditional, what I would call traditional ethics and compliance training. So it's very 
here are the rules, dry. We did what we could to make it interactive, but it wasn't all to say we weren't, people didn't look forward to compliance training every year. And that, so that, that was the goal we were in front of us. How can we make this a fun activity and something that people at least don't dread when it comes up every year, even maybe even look forward to. So that, that was the task. That was how we started looking at what are, how are we going to do this? It's great. Perfect transition too, because so we met, I want to say 18 months ago or so, I think we were referred from Starbucks, which are some people that I work with. And, and the way I remember it was we were saying, Hey, we want to make our training better. We want to make it more interesting and fun, which is pretty great. And I, the way I remember it is I said, Hey, when you guys walk into a room, what kind of face do people make? <laughs> and there was a little hemming and hawing or whatever. And I just said, let's talk about that. And what essentially that led to is a project that we worked on that I think the community might be really interested in, which was, let's talk about the brand of ethics and compliance, yep. which ultimately le- ended up in us uh, making a change to what you call yourself. So yeah, with that as the backdrop, tell me a little bit about, just in your own words, your uh, the initiative and w- why you chose to do it. Yeah. So not only did we want to make training more interesting and fun, it was also about giving the program an identity. And I think when you're looking at compliance, a lot of it has to, it, I think people, I think people are generally want to be compliant by nature, but I think people take it more seriously if they believe the company takes it seriously. And so every look, every big company out there has a training or has an ethics and compliance program, something along those lines. But if it's an afterthought, then not that people are going out of their way to not be compliant, but it's an afterthought for your employees too. So the idea was if we can give this program an identity, if we can brand it and keep in mind, we come, I come from a Yama is a branding and marketing company at the end of the day. So this is like part of our nature. The, if you can give this program an identity, it raises its profile. People take it more seriously and we can just will bolster the way employees adhere to it because they'll, it has, as I said, it's not just this thing off to the side. It's, so it's prominent as a role. We have people faces in front of it. And as Ronnie said, we, part of that was just coming up with a brand for it. it was, it's no longer just a compliance program. It's got its own name and it's, its own logo and everything, which we're, we were excited about. That's awesome. Also, like I talk about this all the time with all of my clients and on this podcast about the idea that we have to pay attention to our brand because regardless of how empathetic and thoughtful and full of personality you are, these words are loaded to people. And this is sometimes self-inflicted. We've done the long, boring training for years and people have an impression about that. So you have to undo that thinking. And also, I think it's because of the weightiness of these issues. Everyone, like you said, everyone feels like they're compliant. Everybody feels like they have integrity. But we know all the stats say that people don't speak up when there are problems because there's a lot of anxiety around that, a lot of fear. So I feel like the idea of rebranding and giving ourselves an identity, a positive, helpful identity is super important. Tell them the the name of, so you're not called ethics and compliance anymore. What's the name of... Department. No, and I, 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 Ronnie, I got to give you a lot of credit because I'm pretty sure you came up with this after various variations that we came through. But keep in mind, we're a food company at the end of the day, so we called it the Taste Program. And, and I'm <laughs> this is going to be really embarrassing. But I'm going to blank on what the acronym of Taste is right now, but it's Trust, Accountability. Ronnie, help me out here. For <laughs> Trust, Accountability, Support, Togetherness. And we called yeah. the Taste Program, and we said well, Ronnie came to us with this idea, and it resonated right away and we were excited about the logo. And then what we said is we're missing it. We need, we need a jingle to go along with this. I, I think that was one of the things we were like, we just, we, you know, we want to take it to that next level. And we're, again, we treat it like advertising. We always treat it like this is, we're advertising. So yeah, let, so let me just elaborate on that. So it's great. And I love this. It, so it's really a collaborative environment. We come in, we put a couple of writers on it. We're like, let's learn about your company. Let's learn about your program. 
We know it wants to be positive. And so we end up as the group coming up with taste, which we love because there's a couple fun things about that. One, obviously it's, it hopefully it can start to become its own thing. People will know to come to the good taste team. So you have, have good taste is a nice little ring to it. We, you can say today's taste recipe, insider trading, today's taste recipe, conflicts of interest. Don't have bad taste, have good taste. There's all sorts of real fun plays on words. So just to elaborate, we created a, a new logo, a new tagline, a new acronym. And then I tell me about this. So then once we came up with that, we started to create some things, but have you started to like attach that? Tell us a little bit about how you started and deploying it so people can get a sense of how to that you've actualized this and yeah. brought it to life. Yeah. So, I mean, there are a couple of things. So, again, taking a step back, one of the goals of this was to create some consistency in the way we did the training and the client program. If you label that under a brand, then all of a sudden everything sort of ties into that brand. For years before this, it's not like we, there was a ton of work going into like our training programs and our met compliance messaging, but we were pulling it from all different sources. So, it, to the outside audience, to our employees, it looked like we were just pulling stuff off the shelf. That was not the case. There was actually a lot of work that went on in the background. But when you suddenly brought this consistency to it and under this brand, now it all brought it all together for people. And again, this is raising that profile. So we started to put it on, we labeled it on all the trainings, on all the communications that go out. So this is from the taste program. We have a client's message that goes out. A big thing at Yum, and this is part of our culture, what we call our recognition culture. And everybody's got like their recognition award. It's something that ties into your personality or your role or what have you. But when I, so when we created this program, it's like, well, we need to have a taste recognition award. And take, again, taking that logo and putting it on, but I, we ended up coming up with, and I don't even think Ronnie knows about this one yet because we, we just launched it and we haven't even actually awarded anybody with one of these just yet. We just got them, but we call it the Moral Compass Awards. So we got these really cool compasses that come in a nice like wooden box and we were able to get the taste logo put on, etched into the boxes. So it's, it looks again like a branded item consistent with the overall program. And, and again, all the hard work was always going on in this, but now people could actually see it because it brought all together. Oh, there's really there's 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 a method behind all of this. There's a thought process behind all of this, and again, it raised that profile. And that's what that was what the ultimate goal was. I love it. I love it so much. Like this is one of my been one of my favorite projects to work on, just because it's it really realized a lot of the philosophy that that Tom and I and I talk about all the time, which is we have to pay attention to our brand, you have to pay attention to your reputation, and then over time change that by putting, you know, positive, helpful things out into the world and promoting that support system and doing it with a smile. I always say there's a difference between having a difficult conversation and a conversation about a difficult thing. So these are like serious subjects, but it doesn't mean that we can't put them forward in a way that's more thoughtful and ding, for lack of a better word. We want to look, we're going to make people sit for couple hours a year and we want to make the best use of their time and i think historically the bottom line was that when you're just sort of pushing out rules it's very it's dry let's be honest you have interactive activities but it wasn't interesting unless you live this world i think compliance is always interesting to me but i realized that i'm weird you have when you put it out there and a lot of people just sort of go through the click through okay i gotta get through my two hours this year and i'm gonna sit here and click and i might be doing something else at the same time we wanted to, i know we're not going to get everybody but the goal was to a program that people found interesting and it was and entertaining. That was part of it. It was meant to came to Ronnie and I said, we want to inject humor in a topic that's not necessarily funny. How are we going to do that? And 
we yeah, you know, we looked at all kinds of things. I remember you threw the idea out doing like a musical at one point. We threw we tried we looked at everything. I mean, I looked at I looked at I do a lot of I I travel for a bit. I knew a lot of airlines were doing some interesting things with their safety videos. So I watched a bunch of those. And like we take we we bat around a lot of different ideas. And part of it was cost influence, but we ended up going with Disney animation. And again, part of this building the brand, we created these characters that again appear now in all of our compliance videos that are based around our food items. And people got a kick out of it. People were like, this is different. That was the reaction we got. This is, it's taken something that was, we didn't look forward to at all. So something that we're like, kind of curious to see what you're going to do with it. Got people like at least wanting to see what we could do. It's awesome. So just to put some tangible parts of this. So we ended up creating maybe about a dozen one minute policy refreshers. And those are like the today's good taste recipe conflicts of interest, today's good taste recipe, privacy. So we made those things. The characters are like a pizza slice that I believe we call pizza slice and a chicken bucket that we call chicken bucket. We kind of tried to come up with real fun names and we're like, chicken bucket, it's pretty funny. So we're going with chicken bucket, taco and a burger are our main characters. And then we're expanding that world over time. We've also created courses. The first one yeah. was your ABAC anti-corruption, anti-bribery course mm-hmm. called Taster's Choice has yep. a game theme. And we're working yeah, we on... Built, and I, we built, again, it was all the thematic stuff, but we had the one-minute videos and then we built the courses around the idea of a taste TV network. So it's all, every training program we rolled out is a different show. So we've had, you know, we're working on different ones for this year, but we've got spattered around some different ideas of other shows that'll be debuting this uh, this spring <laughs> when we roll out our live stream. I love it. I'm, I'm proud of these names. We're still working on it, but it's uh, Traveling with Taste will be your T&E yep. show. And then we're doing, for Conflicts of Interest, I think it's going to be called These Are the Days of Our Fries, which is going to be a soap opera theme. Let me check in with you, Tom. What are some of your reactions to what you're So first of all, wow. Just wow. This is great. I've known Ronnie for a while. And I'm not sure I've ever seen him this passionate on a podcast. He loved this project. He really did. And I can just see all the creative juices that he brought to the table in this. But you said something, David, early on, and I want to follow up on that because I don't think we talk about this enough in the compliance community. And you said, essentially, if the management doesn't care about the training, that gets communicated through the training to the employees. They're not going to say we don't care about compliance. But if you put up a PowerPoint slide of 20 slides every year. Don't bribe, raise your hand, speak up. Here are the rules. Here's our phone number, et cetera. That's going to communicate a message. And I don't think we talk enough about the importance of not putting up something that is engaging, entertaining, and useful to employees. And I want to see if I could maybe just ask you to expand on those thoughts that the message that you can get from substandard training can be a negative message and impact your compliance program going forward. Yeah, look, at a high level, if you treat, if it feels like a check-the-box exercise, the people will treat it like a check-the-box, and they won't resonate with them, they won't take it seriously. It's not to say that it's a message to go out and break all the rules. I don't think it's that, but it won't be top of mind. And we've always said that one of the key guiding principles for us is tone at the top, right? And we've always actually, Yum's a great organization, we've always had senior executives from the CEO down to take compliance seriously. But again, it, it it didn't feel that way necessarily from just looking at the materials we were rolling out. It's only be, and again, it wasn't consistent with what the actual attitude was. When this when this directive came down from a couple of years ago, I was like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to put some money into it too. There's a cost to doing this. You have to invest in compliance. And not that we weren't, again, not that we weren't investing it before because we were, we had resources devoted to it. We were buying courses. We were doing all that. But because it didn't look like it. And so like 
it didn't look like we were making that investment because it didn't have that. Yeah, it didn't have the young branding all over it. It didn't have. It, it, this is clearly stuff we developed ourselves, and it's clearly we took a lot of time and effort to put into it. And I think by doing that, it just again pushes that message that this is something we take really seriously. We're investing in it, and you as employees, we expect you to take it seriously too. So, back to your original question, Tom, because I think I kind of want to find a tangent there. But the point is, if you if you don't if the appearance of your training makes it look like you as a company aren't taking it really seriously. And it is that check that box. You're not going to get the same reaction from your employees that this is a high priority. And again, that's not to say that everybody's going to go out and just break the rules, but on those, it's the things on the margins, right? That's where you want it to be here is where, as I said, I don't think most employees go out of their way to break the law or break clients rules, but it's those things where it's a close call one way or the other, and you want people to make sure they lean towards the compliant choice. That's where this stuff can make the difference. Back to you, Ronnie. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, yeah, I love the way you said it. To me, it's about uh, like, we know that there's always going to be a percentage of people who are going to do the wrong thing. That's pretty small, but we're really trying to reach all the people who inadvertently get caught up in what I would call negative group think. If there's enough people who say, ah, whatever, it's not important. They don't care. Then it's real easy for regular good people to do the, to maybe make a bad choice because they feel like everybody's doing it or they deserve it. Or there's, there's all sorts of these reasons. So to me, this is why doing this kind of work is really important and it feels important to me because by changing that that brand to be some by promoting the support system and putting a welcoming face on it, I think makes it easier for people to ask for help and to bring bad news forward. So that's and I think, how I, and I think people are paying closer attention to it too. Again, I think yeah. it's that it, it again, if, if you take it if it's if it looks like you put the effort in to make it this higher level. We're, I'll take that extra time and actually focus on it when I'm doing it and when I'm going through the training. So let, let me just put it, let's try and sum up as we would like to keep these things relatively short. But I, the, some of the things I wrote down that you said that I love is, you know, that by putting a, by changing the brand, you gave yourself an identity, a very recognizable identity, you provided some consistency because you're able to like tie disparate resources together. You have lots of training and communications that are now connected to that brand. You help to raise the profile of the program and you put up a fun, positive face on it. Are there any other lessons learned that you would like if for others who are considering doing something creative, whether it's this project or something else, do you have any other thoughts or advice that you might give others who are maybe nervous about taking something fun in a serious space. Uh, yeah, look, I think you have to know your company culture a little bit, right? And I think we played into where we knew, we, we did things that we knew would play into our company's culture strength. So again, I, I don't, I can't speak for other corporations and they may have different sort of personalities, but I think if you can make the training and your compliance program fit within your company's personality, that just adds to the strength of the program. Taste works. We're a food company, we're a marketing company, this worked perfectly for us. Maybe it wouldn't if you're in a different industry, but it's, it, I think understanding your company, understanding the company's values and your company culture is key to building the program that resonates with people. It's great. It's great. There's always, they always, back to my improv days, we always say specificity is key, like finding something that's real specific and interesting about that's personal to you. So in terms of a company, in terms of your brand is great. So, you know, I, we worked on lots of different kinds of like acronyms and brands for that aren't tied to food. So I think your point is great. There's an old client of mine, just this is not funny at all, but they use I care as instead of ethics compliance, I care, which is awesome. It's which is integrity, compliance, accountability, respect, ethics. 
And I love it. It's because it's got per- its own personality and its own image. I'll create something like Taste with you guys any day. It's super fun. <laughs> It's been fun for us, and I'd be remiss if I didn't. Ronnie knows this, but I'm not a one-man show. I've got a very small but mighty team, and particularly Liz Rhodes and Aaron Staley-Jones are what actually make things happen, and frankly, we're a lot of the creative juices behind the the programs we actually rolled out, so couldn't do it without them. Shout out to Liz and Aaron. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Tom, do you want to put a button on this? Sure. Uh, David, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but believe me, we could both talk to you for a long time about this because we are geeks. But if our listeners wanted to get any more information on yourself or perhaps even the program, what would be the best place for them to connect with you? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Just search my name, Dave Mandel, and you'll you'll find me. David, it's been a real pleasure to meet you and learn about you and your program. And I wanted to thank you. Ronnie? Bye, everybody. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks for having me. This is Tom Fox again. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Creativity and Compliance. I've linked to lots of information on Ronnie and his company, Learnings and Entertainment, in the show notes. So if you'd like any more information on the topics of this podcast, please check out the links in the show note. Creativity and Compliance is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Creativity and Compliance. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.